This episode of Pick Up the Six podcast is sponsored by Allbirds. I've been an Allbirds customer for years because their shoes look great, they're super comfortable, and they make shoes and clothes that are better for you and better for the planet by using revolutionary premium natural materials. As a runner, I'm also looking for a shoe that feels and fits great out on a run. And so I'm pumped to tell you about the Allbirds Tree Flyer. I have a pair and they are great. The Tree Flyer is lightweight, super springy and wildly comfortable making your running efforts of all shapes and sizes feel surprisingly effortless. They provide unbelievable cushion and comfort so even your toughest runs are easier on your body. I noticed from step one when I put these on they just felt great and that's thanks to the swift foam midsole. It's lightweight and big on cushion and energy return. I recommend these shoes because I wear these shoes. I have the orange ones Plus, they have loads of other great stuff, too. And they're hooking you up with a free pair of Allbirds socks on your next order of 50 bucks or more. Just use the promo code PICKUPTHESOCKS. Pretty good, right? Pick up the socks at allbirds.com on your next order of 50 or more, and you're getting a free pair of socks from those guys. Lace up the tree flyer and get running today at allbirds.com. That's allbirds.com. Aaron Walker was living a really good life. He had started and sold a lucrative business and was in financial position to essentially retire at a very early age. But fate stepped in one early morning and an accident left Aaron behind the wheel of a vehicle that resulted in the loss of a man's life. Coming back from that could have been impossible for some. And for Aaron, it was headed in that direction until fate and God stepped in again. He shares his story and tells us about his lifelong friendship with Dave Ramsey as we're talking about masterminds on this episode of Pick Up the Six Podcast. Aaron Walker, my man, it is good to see you. Thanks for joining me on Pick Up the Six Podcast. Brian, how's it going, buddy? You had a good one? Yeah, I'm having a great one. I would tell you a better than I deserve on a day like today. That's good, for yeah. For our listeners there. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Man, good to see you. Good to hear good from to you, you and, uh, and finally yeah, you do too. this. Yeah, I'm fired up. I've been really looking forward to this time together. Uh, how is your week off to? What have you been up to? What's been going on? Oh, your man. World? We had such a great week last week. We went down to Destin, Florida. There's a highway down there called 30A, mm-hmm. real pretty area. Rented a house for 11 of us in, uh, in a really beautiful resort area. And, uh, we hung out on the beach in the pool and then we go eat dinner and then we get up tomorrow and we do that same rotation and again. beach in the morning, <laughs> pool in the afternoon, go to bed, get up, go to dinner, you know? And it was just the same thing every day for a week. And man, I was totally unplugged, mm-hmm. really got some quality time with my grandkids and my two daughters and my wife. And it was really enjoyable. What about you? What did y'all you hit that to? cool little amphitheater right there? Right, right. Right in the, the center, beach. right in yeah. the center of 30A. Yeah. Everybody and their mother was there, right? <laughs> That's the most congested area in Destin. Uh, We tried to stay away from there as much as possible. We tried to frequent the restaurants that are on the outskirts and Mm -hmm. the donut hole. That's my favorite place in Destin. We love to go there for breakfast and go get donuts and ride bikes and 
man, I had to hit the gym hard. I was going to say, you I let yourself back. go a little bit, right? But you I did. I don't care home. though. You know what? I don't care when I'm on it. vacation. Yeah. I do whatever I want. I'm pretty yeah. disciplined through the week, but when I'm on vacation, if I had any hair, I would let it down, but I don't have any. And so, <laughs> uh, I just relax, play with my grandkids. And I think if we go to bed without eating ice cream every night, we've done something wrong. So that sounds like my kind of vacation, man. I love it. What have you been up to? Well, let me tell you, and I'm glad you asked. Uh, and I'm I want to take a few minutes off the top here. I don't always do this, but catch you guys up to speed uh, about something that I just got to do this weekend because I'm so fired up from it, and we created some really cool content from it as well. So I want to make sure all of our pickup six listeners uh, know what we're up to. And I sent an email out this morning, but uh, it's on all of our social media as well. But man, I had one of those just incredible experience weekends. And, you know, we always try to keep our eyes open for that next experience um, because they're what fill the soul up, right? Fill that cup up a little bit. But yeah. my great friend, Tom Mulliken, who you guys have heard on Pick Up the Six podcast a few times now, my friend Lowell Coppert, all these folks that we've gotten to know, we're going to be part of this weekend in Charleston, South Carolina. And I'll just give you a little bit of context. Uh, but if you go to our YouTube channel, the most recent video sort of is a recap of what we did that weekend. I take you along for the journey. But these guys, uh, and Tom specifically in a group called South Carolina 7, had been traveling their entire state the whole month of July to show what they call the seven wonders of South Carolina. Uh, and it's all the, basically they traversed from the mountains to the coast. And it ended in Charleston with this major effort to deploy these artificial smart reefs and basically for ocean conservation. And Tom's approach is the, the tides have been rising for years, right? The climate's been changing for years. You can't deny that. Right. It's a fact, right? Now, whether man has the extent right. that which man has added to that, maybe there's some conversation to be had in there. But his point is we got to do something about it, right? And we can't wait for the government to always do everything about it. We, we got to do something about it. Right. So this group set out and they partnered with Coastal Carolina to design these artificial reefs. And they got all these organizations involved. And what's really cool is they team up with a group called Force Blue. And Force Blue is a nonprofit and they provide certified divers. And all these divers are former special operators. So they're guys like Lowell, former Green Beret. There's a bunch of Navy SEALs there. All these cool guys that do cool guy stuff. Uh, that were part of this incredible weekend. And so we got on the USS Yorktown on Saturday morning. We got a whole bunch of boats in the water. We basically made a fleet. You guys will see in the video, I had the drone up in the air. We're getting video of it. We document the whole thing. I got a GoPro the whole time. And uh, we launch out uh, about an hour uh, out into the ocean. Uh, we install this reef. Uh, the weather was kind of crazy, but man, it was just such a cool weekend with people all rowing in the same direction. A bunch of I had never met before. So this is great, man. It's a full cup. What full is cup. the purpose? What is the purpose of uh, installing this reef? So there, you know, it's for data, right? Data collection to see okay. what the water activity is like, what I the tide you. activity is like. It also provides an additional place for fish and, and yeah. uh, ocean life to essentially latch onto this reef so they can study. You need that. to show me where that place is at. I like to deep sea fish. And so yeah, I may go out there and fish over. Yeah, <laughs> there might be some things floating around there. Uh, we lucked out uh, in our journeys that nothing too crazy uh, came up, but they did have these really neat little jellyfish that look like rubber balls, Aaron. And I, mm -hmm. I grabbed one because they, they weren't stingers and mm -hmm. it was like a racquetball. These things, it was mm -hmm. crazy. 
but it was really neat. Uh, and it's right off the coast of Charleston. And it was one of three locations that weekend. They also did one at Paris Island and one up in North Myrtle. And so it's really cool. I just want to let you guys know a little bit about it. Again, go to our YouTube channel, go to our Facebook page, Instagram. You'll see all the stuff we did this past weekend. And it's really neat, man. Parachute team dropped four guys onto the U, uh, USS Yorktown from up off of a helicopter. So that's cool. It's just a cool experience. A Lo- little bit yeah. of a long hike home yesterday, you know, four and a half hours coming up 95, but that's okay. And my friends who traverse 95, and you were just in Florida, so you might have seen one of these. Uh, there's a new Bucky's in Florida. Oh, yeah, Bucky's. Like yeah, 150 gas stations attached to a Walmart. So <laughs> I don't know what they've done, Aaron, but I mean, it was packed the two times yeah. I went in there. Absolutely packed. I was there at four in the morning once, and there was a bus out front. And I'm like, it's four o'clock in the morning. And right. you had to stand in line to get your coffee. Uh, those guys have got it figured out. They, they put got one, that uh, brisket sandwich. It was pretty Tennessee good. <laughs> recently. Yeah, there was one there, and there's one in Birmingham. We stopped it uh, not mm. long ago. So yeah, they're uh, they're a hot ticket. They're sure a hot are. ticket. Man, I love Charleston. By the way, Me too. I wanted to mention. Uh, Robin and I built a house a few years back, and uh, it was copied after a house that's on one meeting place, and that's there in Charleston. Beautiful home, beautiful mm. big front porch, and we. I had an architect draw the plans to mimic that house. And uh, Robin loves to go to Charleston. I mean, we were there yeah, for our anniversary great, oh man, back in place. June. And uh, that's just a great, great city there. So yeah, I agree. Yeah, I'll meet you down there one day. We'll do I'll it, man. You. We'll do it up. Tom Mulligan. get you to buy to- me dinner down there or something. Listen, so. we had an incredible dinner at the executive on Saturday night after the, yeah. the event. And uh, we ate well, it was great. Tom, if you're listening to all the other folks involved, just thank you so much for extending the invite to us for asking us to come down and be a part of it. it was, it's a cool yeah. thing when we can go with people that we like to be with, but bring what we do, right. I was able to bring what I do from a storytelling standpoint and kind of let it run parallel to what they were doing at the event. So that was really mm-hmm. cool. And you know, I take the approach with my friend, my friends at Force Blue. Like, look, I'm going to put the drone up. I got the camera equipment. I got the GoPro. Y'all can have whatever you want from it. I'll make what I want. Let me help you. So it was just a yeah. neat, neat experience, uh, which was uh, which was really good. So thanks for letting me share that a little bit. Yeah, man, that was a great story. Thank you for That's sharing. Cool. So this is awesome, man. Um, it's what I love about the podcast world is this connectivity and the way that the networks are able to build and grow and. And honestly, the way that I believe that the creators brought us all into each other's lives for for real purpose. And John Gardena introduced us through email and said, Brian, I got to tell you what, man, like after getting to know you a little bit, being on the show, knowing what you're into, knowing uh, the things that you care about, you got to get to know Aaron and, and have Aaron on and just get to know him and and get a chat going. And that's what we did. And that's what brings us together today. And so we're just going to get to know you a little bit. Talk nice about cool. the things that you're doing in your life. As you guys can see, if you're watching on the video podcast here on the YouTube channel, you can see that iron sharpens iron over Aaron's shoulder. And you know, I mean, you can look at my watch right here, right? I don't know if I can show it, right? You know how important that is to me, uh, what it means in my life, what it means to all my F3 brothers that are probably listening today and how important that is because we believe like iron sharpens iron. So one man can sharpen another. So one person can sharpen right. another. I know sure. it's been a big part of your life, so which is good. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. man, married for twenty years, right? Twenty plus uh, four, 40 years? forty-two 40 years? years. Wow, forty-two years. Yeah, just celebrated forty-two That's years. Incredible. Yeah, we got married two weeks out of high school. You knew on this one. Uh, yeah, you know it's funny. Robin and I met. Uh, we're a place teenagers just kind of hang out, and uh, 
she pulled up in her car and Patricia Carson was driving her around and she looked over and saw me sitting on the hood of my car. I was by myself. And she said, I'll marry that guy. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, dude. And she goes, I just knew. And I'm like, we hadn't even met yet. And yeah. sure enough, two and a half years later, we got married. When you know, you know, I guess. Yeah, I guess. And it's been an amazing journey. Yeah. I'll give you a little context to my Please. story before we dive in. I live in Nashville, Tennessee, 62 years. You know, I'm a pretty rare bird here in Nashville. We're three generations Born deep in Nashville. Yeah. Yeah. Love it. Born and raised here. Three generations of my family, you know, my grandfather, my father, and now me. And my kids live here and my grandkids live here and uh, they all live five minutes from me. And so, yeah, we love Nashville. People say, man, if you could live anywhere, where would you live? I said, I can live anywhere. And I do. I live in Nashville because it's the hub of the universe. It's the greatest city on earth. Mm -hmm. And I love the growth. I love how proactive we are here. I think it's the number one destination city in the country now. Uh, More people moving here than anywhere. But uh, the traffic not far from me can attest to that, but Nashville is a great city and I love it. Um, I grew up a really poor kid. My dad was a general contractor and never made much money. And, uh, I, I just wanted more, right? I wanted better. And, uh, so I really set out on this journey to accomplish a few things and uh, God was really good to us early. We started our first business when I was 18 sold to a fortune 500 when I was 27 and that positioned us to be able to do some other really cool stuff. And in between there, there's a lot of businesses, but uh, I want to take you to a point in time in my life that I think is a pivotal point. Hopefully your audience will garner something from this. When I was 40 years old, my life was really good. I had a very successful company. I was working about three days a week. My partner was working the other three days and we had a fabulous business. And, uh, I was headed to the office seven 30 on a Wednesday morning back in 2001 and ran over and killed a pedestrian on my way to the office. And man, I did not understand what was going on. I mean, yeah. I just couldn't like, I wasn't doing anything wrong. I wasn't doing anything silly. I wasn't speeding. He just didn't see me ran out in front of me, was trying to catch a bus that was stopped on the side of this four lane highway. And, uh, that was a long journey. Uh, Brian, I mean, uh, God really took me down a path that I had to really do some discovery and I took five years off. I didn't do anything. I sold the business and took the next five years off. And what I discovered in that is that I had had early success financially, but I had no significance. Mm. And that really hit me hard. It was like, if it had been me killed that day, my legacy would have been poor kid from Nashville, Tennessee makes enough money to retire at age 27 and nobody cares. Yeah. And I was like, God, that is not what I want my legacy to be. Right. I I want my legacy to be that Brian Jodas's life is better as a result of having interacted with me, Mm. like we've connected, we've helped each other. We've edified one another. We've encouraged, we've connected, we've walked this path together. And then when I do die one day, you can go, Hey man, my life was better because of that dude right there. That's what I wanted my legacy to be. And I said, God, if you'll give me another chance, I'll reorient my focus. I'll start looking outward and being the giver and not the taker. And so for the past 20 plus years now, we've been on a pretty cool journey. Uh, Dave Ramsey and I met each other in the early nineties. And, um, I just tell this story to kind of frame up what I want to talk to you about a little bit. Uh, let me, can I ask you a few questions in there? Can I come, can I come in here at this point before we do that? 
Yes, no, you're right. <laughs> you tell such a good story. It's hard not to just sit back and and take it all in. Even as uh, a man of faith, when a moment, and I don't want, we don't have to dwell on it too much. Yeah, no, it's when good. A, when an incredibly pivotal moment like that happens to you, it's so hard not to ask why. Why the yeah. heck? Yeah, sure. Why does this have to even happen? What yeah. were those moments like? Yeah, well, you go through a whole litany of questions, you know. It's like you first go through fear, right? Mm -hmm. It's like, oh, my gosh, like I'm fixing to lose everything, you know. I'm going to get yeah. sued, and they're going to take everything. So you have that fear. And then you go through grief. It's like, man, that's somebody's dad. He was 77 yeah. years old. His name was Enrique. He was from mm -hmm. the Philippines originally. It ended up uh, being my personal physician's best friend. And oh my, my physician called the family and said, Hey, Aaron and his family are good people. And they said, Hey, we're not, we're not going to sue. It was, you know, my dad's fault. He ran out in, in front of him. He couldn't see good. We found out later mm. he just couldn't see. And so, uh, yeah, then, then I go through this. I called the family against my legal counsel's advice. They said, man, do not contact the family. What's the first thing I did? God, and man. I said, man, I just want to tell you how sorry I am. And uh, the girl said, uh, hey, Mr. Walker, we understand. Thank you. Uh, my mom is not in a position to talk to you, but but we understand. Thank you for calling, and we accept your condolences. And And so then I go through this, golly, such a sweet family and mm -hmm. such a great daughter and that was somebody's brother, somebody's husband, yeah. somebody's daddy, yeah. you know, so I go through all this, could I've done something different? You know, then I started second guessing, you know, man, if I'd taken the interstate instead of the four lane highway, yeah. I might could have avoided this. And some of my trusted advisors said, yeah, you may have had a car wreck and killed a whole busload of people on the interstate. You mm -hmm. know, you just don't mm -hmm. ever know. You can't second guess those things. And so they called me on Saturday morning in uh, Vanderbilt trauma unit. Uh, he lived at the accident, but he passed away on Saturday, three days later. And that was a really tough moment when they called me at nine 30 on a Saturday. And they said, Mr. Walker, I know you wanted us to call you. Uh, Enrique didn't make it. And at that point I started asking the questions. It's like, why, like what in the world? Like, mm -hmm. I feel like I was doing the right things and, you know, Bad things happen to good people. I mean, yeah. it's just the, you yeah. know, it's just the nature kind of, of kind of know, undefeated in the history. Of yeah. Time. Yeah. It's just things happen and we can't understand it. And someday, you know, maybe we'll be able to understand it. So five years later, my wife woke me up from a nap. I gained 50 pounds mm. and she woke me up and she goes, Hey, you, this is not good for you. It's not when, good for when you us. said, when you said you took the next five years off, I mean, did you kind of just shut her down? Yeah. I didn't do anything, man. Yeah. We, we built a house, a new house. I needed a change of space, you know, so we built a new house and then we traveled, uh, mm -hmm. extensively. And I was thankful that I had the resources to be able to do that. You know, God had really positioned us to be able to do that. I kind of had to get my legs back under me. You know, it yeah. was like, you, you don't get over killing somebody. God gives you the grace to learn how to deal with it. And so that's what he did. He gave me the grace. And he also gave me a great wife that shook me to the core. And, uh, that's kind of part of the mastermind story as well. It kind mm -hmm. of dovetails into each other because, you know, uh, when, when I met Dave in the early nineties, he was on one radio station in Nashville. It was him and two other people that were working for him. That was it. And he gave me advertising to try him. He said, Hey, just try me. And I said, well, okay, I can't lose at that. And so mm -hmm. three days in, 
my business was blowing up. And so I called him and I said, man, I don't know what the Kool-Aid is you're selling, but these people are drinking it. And I want more freedom, my brother. And he said, uh, well, you got to sign an annual contract. And I said, oh my gosh, we go from a free week to you're making me sign an annual uh-huh. contract. And mm-hmm. it's not cheap, you know, advertising on the radio. He goes, no. So I signed an annual contract in the early nineties and I sponsored his show for the next 21 years. And we became real good friends as a result of that. And today Dave's talks to, I think 10 million people a week mm-hmm. and he's on 700 stations and God's really blessed. Depending on that, what time I'm heading home in the afternoon, he talks to me as I'm yeah. making my way back. To yeah. The and so I was at a, uh, the curb center here in Nashville at a concert and, uh, Dave was sitting in front of me and I didn't even know he was there. And during intermission, he walked back and he said, Hey man, I want to talk to you about joining my mastermind. And I said, I don't even know what a mastermind is, but you knew him already at this point. Oh yeah. We've been friends for years. Yeah. I've been advertising on his show for years. Mm -hmm. Okay. This was back, you know, 2001, 2002. And, uh, actually it was right after the accident. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I feel like God really orchestrated that to put me in front of some really good people. So I went home and I told Robin that Dave wanted me to join his mastermind. And I explained to her the best I could, what that was. And I said, I don't want to go. She said, why? And I said, you know how Dave is. He's going to be all up in my face. He's going to be pushing me and he's going to find out we've got debt. I don't want him to know that. And (laughs) I said, I got a credit card. He's going to know that too. And I don't want to go. And she started laughing. She Uh goes, why don't you just try it? So week after week I would go and uh, Brian, they would start sharing stuff like real stuff in their families Mm -hmm. and about their business. And they let that veil down and they become vulnerable and transparent. And after about three months, I started opening up and I came home and I started laughing. Robin goes, what? I said, I found my people. She said, what Mm -hmm. do you mean? I said, they're more screwed up than I am. And she started laughing. And so I started going every single week and we met for 12 years. We were called the Eagles. We met in Dave's conference room. And that's where I was really introduced to masterminds. Mm -hmm. And Brian, it, it changed my life because it gave me a group of people that I could share intimately with. Yeah. It gave me people that I didn't have to be a fake and a facade and I could go in there and say, Hey, Robin and I are struggling or Mm -hmm. my kids and I are struggling, or I've got this situation to work and I don't know what to do. And man, I could just lay it all out there. It's so so critically important. Sometimes it takes maturity in life to, to, to realize that, you know, good friend of mine, Chad Cooper, who's helped me personally, uh, with some coaching work and and he's yeah. just, he's a great guy. And he was very close to Tony Robbins in the early days. Chad says a quote, and I say it on this show quite a bit. So folks have yeah. heard this before, but I'd love to share it with you. Cause I think it goes back to your point before about living this life with all these things, yeah. but still not finding fulfillment. And the quote goes, it's not your strength that holds you to your purpose. It's the strength of the purpose itself. It's not how strong of a man you are or sure. the amount of cars you have or the amount of money in sure. your bank account that holds you to that purpose. It's that purpose. Mm-hmm. What is the purpose that gets you up right. every right. single day? What we do here for Pick Up the Six podcast and Extended is to try to share stories about people that have gone above and beyond themselves through service, purpose, and impact so that we can connect you to something that's a little bit bigger than yourself. Yeah. Right? God built me. I know this and it's taken me 10, 12 years to kind of frame it up and figure it out. But sure. he built me to connect people to something bigger than themselves. Yeah. Right. And so you know, I it's important that you about, just right? said that I hope people don't miss is that real strength begins at the intersection of vulnerability and transparency. Sure thing. 
Mm-hmm. And see, we can build on shifting sand or we can build on a, a house of, of lies, but at some point that's going to be revealed. And when you're able to get before a group of people, and a lot of people tell me all the time, well, yeah, who wouldn't want to be in a mastermind with Dave Ramsey and Dan Miller and Ken Abraham. I want to remind the audience, they weren't then who they are now. <laughs> sure. And it's because they got there through the process. They went through this process and they were shored up and they were encouraged and held accountable. And that's why I'm so passionate about this today is because like, who's helping you make your decisions? That's what you've got to ask. And I want the audience to ask themselves that question today. Like I would curl up in a fetal position and get under my desk. If I thought I had to make Mm -hmm. decisions today alone in this pandemic by ourselves. Yeah, the pandemic taught us more than anything that isolation is the enemy of excellence. That's right. right? If you want to go far, you've got to go with a tribe. You can go faster alone, but man, you're not going to go the distance alone. And so I just need people in my corner all the time that I can go and say, hey, I I don't know what to do here. Like, here's the real data. Here's where I'm at. And they connect you. They support you. They encourage you. They hold you accountable. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, man, in order to live my best life, I need those people because we all can tend to procrastinate. We kick the can down the road or we get lazy or we don't want to do it consistently. And your group goes, dude, let's yeah. come on. You said yeah. this is where you wanted to go. Let's go. Yeah. Yeah. And when you have that level of accountability, you have far greater success. You you might even know what to do, but you still, you need outside perspective. You've got to have somebody that's able to come in and, and give a different viewpoint or or even just call you on something, maybe even sometimes yeah. just call you on something just to know to do it yeah. for, for our listeners that are faith believers, which many of you are, I'm going to, sure. I'm going to talk about it from a faith standpoint, a little bit of a biblical standpoint for, for a second related towards isolation, the wicked one, right? The evil one had those yeah. two people in the garden. He got them isolated, right? He was able yeah. to get in one's ear, right? He wants you isolated. He wants yeah. you as vulnerable as possible and away from other people to get in there and to do the work that he wants to do, right? He needs you by yourself, Mm -hmm. right? You know that you don't need to be by yourself. Yeah, and when we shine light in the darkness, there's no room for the enemy, right? And so now we see there is the the most valuable asset of a mastermind is a different perspective. Mm -hmm. We don't know what we don't know. Yeah. And when you get into a group and they can enlighten you, you know, you're probably like me, Brian, I get out of the shower. I got three new business ideas. Every oh my day. God. I, get out, I, I got to get a like, waterproof pad and pad. I don't have one I yet, but I got I know, I was right my in wife there, about it. Right? And she's like, I, I need that too. Like, cause that's yeah. where you, you come up with all this. Stuff. And so I would go to the mastermind and I would be so fired up because mm-hmm. I'm a high D personality. I'm just ready to crush it. Yeah. And I would share the idea and Dave would go, that's the stupidest idea <laughs> I've ever heard. And I'm like, like what? Well, come on, man. And Miller would go, hold on, Dave. Wait a minute. If we do mm-hmm. this and we tweak this and we introduce this or we put yeah. this resource, maybe he's on to something. And I'm like, I didn't even know that was a thing. Like, I didn't even know. See, that's what I'm saying is like, you only have one filter. You only have one life experience. You can't see it a different way if you wanted to. Yeah. But when you surround yourself with people that your core values align, and that's very, very important when you're in a mastermind group, the core values have to align. If you're going to take life lessons from other people and they're going to give you feedback on how to live your life and live your marriage and be a dad. And, you know, you need people with similar core values. Mm -hmm. They don't have to align completely 100%, but they better be 
kind of parallel. You got to have a starting off point, right? Yeah. There's got to yeah. be a starting off point. And yeah. you've the, the, that, uh, that alignment of core values adds a critically important component of a group like that. And it's the T sure. word, it's trust, right? I know I have to be able to trust you. Well, it's that's the way to get anything done is the speed of trust, right? And you get so much more done when you're in an organization. It's like iron sharpens iron. We have 150 members. We're in about four or five different countries I love now. It. I love it. Uh, and we've got a community that it's built on trust. And there's so many people now going into partners with one another. They're loaning money to each other to do real estate deals. They're inviting each other into their homes. They're traveling together. They're starting companies. And it's because they do life with these people every single week. And then outside of the groups, they're meeting constantly. Mm -hmm. And so you build this level of trust and see, that's the very hurdle that people can't get by. And so they don't do as many deals as they could is because they don't really know who they're dealing with. Yeah. And then when you are able to interact with people that align with your core values, you can just get so much more done. I met Jeff Hoffman, the guy that started Priceline. And uh, he said that 10% of everything he reads has nothing to do with anything he's interested in. I mm. said, well, you got to help me understand that. He said, it gives me a new perspective. And he said, the irony of that is, is the majority of his good ideas come out of that 10% reading Yeah, because it introduces him to a whole new world. Well, see, that's what masterminds do. Every single time you interact with someone else, there's some nugget. If you're listening and you're paying attention that you can learn and you do that consistently week after week, month after month, year after year, uh, it exponentially takes you to where you want to go faster. Aaron, if they're listening and they're like, I, I don't even know where to start. I don't know yeah. where do I, how do I do this? It can be overwhelming. Yeah. Yeah, well, it can be, but you know, the thing is, is first of all, we're designed to be in community. We're not designed to be alone, right? First and foremost. So you can tackle that from many different avenues. Like I have an accountability group. I have three men that I meet with every week. I've been doing this for 30 years. We call that so, a shield lock in the F3 world, right? So yeah. Three to four guys yeah. in close proximity to each other. There's nothing those guys don't know about me. Yep. Nothing. Yep, Everything same. you yep. name it. I mean, yep. from my sex life down to my finances and everywhere in between, they know and everything some people like that's it. too much. They said, no, no. You, uh, that's no. the key to acceleration yeah. for you is to have others around you who know those successes and vulnerabilities yeah. and failures. Brian, I went to lunch with a guy the other day and uh, I said, Hey, Robin and I are kind of reaching this age where we're thinking about getting out of Nashville for a few months during the winter thinking about buying a condo down in Southern Florida. What do you think about that? And he thought a minute and he goes, yeah, I think that'd be a good idea. I was setting him up. I probably shouldn't have done this. And he said, uh, I said, really, you think that'd be a good idea? He goes, yeah, big A. And I said, do you think I can afford it? He thought for a minute, he goes, well, you've owned all these businesses. Yeah. Yeah. I think it'd be a good idea. I said, it's a million dollar condo. And he goes, yeah, I think it'll be a good idea. I said, well, no disrespect. I said, but you don't know my vision. You don't know my propensity. You don't know my blind spots, my kryptonite. You don't know my superpowers. You don't know Robin. You don't know Brooke and Holly. You don't know any of my grandkids, nor my son-in-laws, mm -hmm. and certainly don't know anything about my finances. And you're giving me advice to buy a million-dollar condo in Southern Florida. He goes, man, I never looked at it like that. And I said, how are you going to give me advice? You don't know anything about me. And see, we do that every single day. We yeah. go around the campfire. We go to some two-day event, 
and meet people we've never met. They introduce themselves and tell you how great they are. And you're taking advice from people with a name tag on. I'm like, are you kidding me? You're going to make a decision about your life, your marriage, your business on somebody you just met. And they don't know any context about your story whatsoever. Not me. I'm going to align myself with people of similar core values. I'm going to get to know them week after week, month after month, year after year. Now they know me. They know Robin, my kids, my grandkids, my business. They know my finances. And then when I ask a question, they can go, oh, yeah, I've got the data. I can help you. I can give you what I would do. And see, we give people tough situations, but no context. And then when we take their advice and it doesn't work, we wonder why we're failing miserably. And that's the reason we're designed to be in community, right? Mm -hmm. We need people around us that can help us make good decisions. There's great wisdom in the council of the multitudes. Yeah. And when you get a number of people aligning with saying, yeah, I think you should do this. Your chances are far greater of them succeeding than if you just try to go out on your own. Yeah. What, what other keys do you think are important? I've got my own thoughts and theories that most I've borrowed from people that are very smart, um, but in a small group like that, right? So in the mastermind group, you got a big group, right? It's a little bit bigger, but if you're in that smaller tight Nick, again, what I refer to is that shield block three mm. to four people. I think, yeah. I think your best chance at, you know, influencing is in a three to five person kind of group. Yeah. What do you think are some of the keys to success in a small group like that outside of, we talked about shared value, right? You yeah. talk about the need for community. What else are some keys to success? Well, you need to be somewhat aligned, uh, not to the dollar for dollar, but people that are making X dollars, it, it's hard for them to identify with somebody that's making 10 X that, mm -hmm. you know, yep. I mean, it's like there's different yep. needs. It's not one's any better than the other, but there needs to be similar alignment. Uh, the core values is something I want to come back to just for a moment is because if you don't have the same worldview, you don't have similar core values. Uh, I'll just tell you some of our core values. Relationships matter most is my number one core value. It has been, I've owned 14 businesses over 43 years. It's been the number one core value in every business. The relationship matters the most, right? Mm -hmm. The people matter. I don't care if you're selling a widget or providing a service, the people matter most. And if totally. you're not focused on the person, uh, it's going to be short lived. Our second one is make it amazing. Like, I don't want to do it. If it's not amazing, like it may not be amazing to your standards, but it's amazing as I know how to do it until you show me a better way, then I'm yep. going to make it more amazing. Yep. One of these guys in our mastermind group came to me a few weeks ago and he said, uh, Hey, thank you for sending me the birthday card. And I said, you're welcome. He goes, it's not amazing. And it really pissed me off. I'm like, what? He goes, it's not amazing. You got your VAs to do that. And it's just stock stuff. And you know, it's a message in there. You didn't even write and it's not amazing. It doesn't mm. align with your core values. And I was so mad. And I said, who but else sent right. you a birthday card? Right. You know? Yeah. And so then I went to our team and I said, let me tell you what he said. And he told me, and our team said, it's not amazing. Mm. And I went, it's not, is it? And they said, no, it's not. So we went and we had special cards made embossed, you know, logo. We had, you know, pictures of the person that's in it and had their names for anniversaries. And I hand write a note in every one of them personally for all of our community. Mm -hmm. And people call me all the time. And you know what they say? This is amazing. It's amazing. Yeah. Right. Third one is no excuses. I hate excuses. I don't want to hear an excuse. Like if you're around me, like you need to come up with an idea. Like if it's not working, like give me a suggestion. Our team knows they better come to me with some ideas, like mm -hmm. not excuses. 
Our fourth core value is everything's figure outable. Okay. And actually that's a word. If you look it up, Okay. <laughs> like, we'll figure it out. I don't know how to do it today, but we'll figure it out. And yeah. then our last core value is truth before opinion. Mm. And God's word for me is truth. And we'll run it through those 66 books first, and then you can share your opinion, but it's going to have to align with those 66 books or we mm. don't do it. Yeah. Yeah. I hear you loud and clear on all that. I think that, and I think taking the time to, did you write all those at once? Was it a process, right? You know, it took, uh, it really took me about 18 months. Mm -hmm. A guy named Scott Beebe, my business on purpose, uh, walked me through a mission statement, our values, uh, really discovering our purpose, what we were trying to accomplish. Uh, this is really, uh, a passion project for me. Iron sharpens iron is, you know, I retired 12 years ago. I wasn't going to do anything. I was going to buy a little place in the Caribbean and Dan Miller challenged me. He said, man, you need to coach. And I started praying about it, started coaching, started doing some podcast interviews. John Lee Dumas had me on back eight years ago on entrepreneur on fire. And yeah. overnight I had like 15 one-on-one -on -one clients. Mm -hmm. I went to Robin and I said, I can't coach all these people one-on-one. -on -one. I said, I'm going to start a mastermind. She goes, oh, here we go again. And so I started a mastermind. Then Pat Flynn had me on. And, uh, we filled up two mastermind groups with a 30 minute interview. And I went to Robin, I said, I got to start two more groups. And then, you know, I've continued to do interviews, sharing our story, encouraging other people. And here we are today, 15 groups. And at the trajectory we're on, we'll have 30 groups in the next 18 months. We're opening new groups now for the first time in four years. Awesome. And I said, no, we're going to get it to 150. I'm not going to do any more than that. And one day in my quiet time, Brian, God said, who are you to decide when you're going to stop? I'll decide when you're going to stop. And I went to our team and I said, I'm feeling really encouraged and really led and prompted by the Lord to open this back up. And they said, I thought you weren't going to do anymore. And I said, yeah, but lives are changing. These guys are better mm -hmm. husbands. You know, they're better dads. We've built boundaries. We've shown them how to double and triple their business. And like, why would we not want to share that message? And uh, our team got on board. So we beefed up the team. Uh, we hired more people, brought on an integrator, uh, really set it up to scale. And here we are, we're, we've now got a tribe and we've got a movement. We iron sharpens iron has become a movement yeah. and people that are getting in, we've had people seven, eight years meeting in the same groups and they're all virtual. So it doesn't matter where you're at. You can meet in a group. We'll have a, we'll have a guy in Australia, one in Poland and seven in the U S on we got three different time zones, you know, two different days, one in Australia meeting. So it's fun, but these guys can get on, they can do it. They can get off. And then twice a year we meet in person. And so, man, that's where the magic happens. We get together twice a year historically here in Nashville. Well, I think we've had about 13 live events now, yeah. and it's just a blast that's doing that. Incredible. So listen, you, that, not our group necessarily. I mean, if you're interested in our group, I'd love to talk to you, but if not, then, then reach out and find other groups, organizations, do yourself a favor though, really check them out. Mm -hmm. Like we don't twist arms and we don't pressure people. I want you to check on me. I want you to read my book. I want you to listen to the podcast interviews I've done. I've done thousands of interviews, read our blogs. I've written thousands of blogs. I learn who we are, right? Cause this is a commitment. Like you're getting into a community, you're getting into sharing intimate details, all mm -hmm. the data about your personal life. But once you get in, you go, man, where's this been all my right, life? Right, like, right, right. It's, it's your people. 
Yeah. And that's what I even sign all my emails. You know, you are the best. You are my people. This yeah. is my community. And we've got guys, we just had one guy that got married. He flew to Greece. Three of the mastermind members went with him. One of the guys is a pastor and he married them in Greece. And 18 months ago, they didn't know each other. Yeah. And that's the fast track of getting to know people and really getting involved in their lives. And some of these guys are very, very successful and they're teaching and training up other guys, how to scale and grow their businesses and how to be good husbands and good dads. I think it's the fast track of also taking the perspective of, of opening yourself up for experience, yeah. let yourself be opened up. Yeah. You got to have to be vulnerable. You have to put some things on the line. Sure. You might have to get a little uncomfortable, but, well, but, if you're not uncomfortable, you're in the wrong mastermind because right. if everything is comfortable, you would have already done it anyway. And when that's they're right. pressing you to push beyond that comfort zone and you get outside of those upper limit challenges and you're bumping against the ceiling, when people start asking you hard questions and you start sweating and you start getting, you know, antsy and you're like, man, this is uncomfortable. Well, good. Cause good. success is just on the other side of that. That's right. And let's push through it. Let's get the truth out here and let's figure out where we can help you. And guys come back every day and they go, thanks for pushing me. Nobody's ever pushed me. Nobody's ever asked me these hard questions. Mm -hmm. Nobody's ever challenged me. Like we're being challenged now. And we create a program called come as you will be in 2023 to where in five key areas of your life, we set very aspirational goals. And then we have a systematic process we work through in order to accomplish that over a 36 month period. And when you have that level of focus and you've got a written plan, you have a vision mm -hmm. and you've got accountability that you fill out every single week and you got 10 people around you, how could you not be successful? You have no choice. See, when you're alone, when you're alone, you go, Hey, I'm not going to tell anybody and I'm not going to be pressed and nobody's going to ask me. Yeah. Well, you limp along and you do average, you know, mm -hmm. and you know what average is. That means you're just as close to the bottom as you are at the top. And I don't know about y'all, but I don't want to live average. Sure. This is like not a practice run. This is real life. And I want to really excel. And so we just run every decision through those core values. And every person that comes into our organization, we go over these core values and we say, can you align with this? Mm -hmm. Are you on the team? And when they say yes, now you've created a tribe you sure and have. people are all moving in the same direction. Tell folks where they can find out more information. They're going to be listening. Like, I, I got to learn more. I want to read the book. Yeah. I want to read the blog. I want to listen to the podcast. Where should we send them? Uh, great. Yeah. Viewfromthetop.com is the place to go. That's spelled with a V like victory. Viewfromthetop.com. Uh, you know, my book, View From The Top, is the name of it. You can get it anywhere. It's in all bookstores. Get it on Amazon. Uh, email me. I'll send you a copy of it. You know, I mean, I'll autograph and send you a copy if you if you want it. Uh, yeah, reach out. There's no commitment. Like you fill out an application and you just test the water. You just say, mm -hmm. hey, you know, this sounds interesting. I'm not making a commitment, but I'd like to learn more. And so, yeah, I or one of our team members will call and we'll set up like a 45 minute call. And we'll just say, Hey, let's just see where you're at. Let's see what you want to do. And never any high pressure ever. I don't believe in that. Yeah. People do me that way. I walk away. I'm like, Hey, yeah. this is a big decision. I don't want to be high pressured. So yeah, we test the water, see where you're at and we go from there. So reach out view from yeah. the top.com. Love it. The verse is Proverbs 27, 17. If you want to pull it up. And uh, put a little highlight on it. Maybe put it on your heart, right? As you're thinking through these things. Yeah. But no, the point is you've got to have that friction. You've got to have the heat, right? You got to have the furnace, yeah. right? You got to go go into the fire. That's the work. You got to be able to put the friction as two pieces of iron together yeah. 
to make that sharpened blade. Thus, the iron yeah. sharpens iron. Aaron, this has been an absolute pleasure. What a beautiful yeah. way to spend part of my afternoon. I'm so grateful for you. Grateful, Thank John, you. if you're listening, man, thanks for the introduction. Uh, I'm grateful for you as well. And just know that you're doing great things. And uh, man, this has been a good time. It's been fun, Brian. Thanks for having me on, buddy. My pleasure, my friend. He's Aaron Walker. I'm Brian Jodas. That's been this episode of Pick Up the Six Podcast.